Good morning, Michigan. Steve Bazin coming to you live this morning. We'd like to welcome everyone to the program. We'd like to thank you all for all the contacts we received this past week. Again, we get the snail mails, we get the emails, we get the texting, the calls, we get private messaging, we get Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we appreciate every single contact, every single response. Thank you. Even those that are negative, thank you. Those that are in disagreement, thank you. It's all about discussion. It's all about knowledge. It's all about assessing the information we have and determining what is accurate and what is not accurate. If it's not accurate, it is my conviction. We cannot accept it. Jesus Christ said, if you continue in my words, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. That's what this program is about. We're about preaching the truth. And this morning, we're referring to the Apostle of John. <clears throat> in 2 John 9, John wrote, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not the doctrine of Christ hath not God. People, I want you to think about that. That's what the program is going to be about this morning. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. You know, <clears throat> years ago, I was speaking with a so-called pastor, quote-unquote, these pastors that are running around here today, they don't even know the definition of a true pastor. They don't understand the role of a pastor. And the women running around claiming to be pastors are even worse. The Bible clearly states that a pastor must be the husband of one wife. And these women are running around saying, oh, I'm a pastor. And they must be, have raised up faithful children. There's over 20 some different qualifications for someone to be a pastor. But at any rate, this so-called pastor says there is no doctrine of Christ, Steve. We were discussing being faithful to the Lord, what it takes to be a Christian. And this so-called pastor says, there is no doctrine of Christ, Steve. We're all under love. That's the greatest command. That's the only command. That's the highest command. Just to love. Love the Lord thy God. Love thy neighbor. All oh, love, love, love. There is no doctrine. I said, that's strange. I'm sure one day you'll be able to correct the Apostle John, because John wrote, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. And if you don't think that there's a doctrine of Christ, then you cannot have God. Well, he said, this conversation is over. And most assuredly, that's what he would have to say. Friends, my name is Steve Basden. This program is not about making you feel good. This program is not about a better felt than told mystical experience that I had last night. This program is not about my feelings. It's not about my opinion. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I crave. This program is about the truth. And it's being brought to you by your friends with the Church of Christ. Romans chapter 16, verse 16, the Apostle Paul would write, the churches of Christ salute you. We greet you. We thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. This program is made possible by your friends with the Churches of Christ located at 3816 West Fountain Road. That's 3816 West Fountain Road, Ludington, Michigan, 49431. That's 49431. We have every Sunday morning meeting times at 1030 for Bible study, 1130 for church worship. Everybody's invited. Come on out and visit with us. Bring your Bibles. Bring your thinking caps. Bring your hearts. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one free. Best deal in town. You can't beat it. Everybody's welcomed. Everybody's invited. Call us this morning on the radio. If you are in the Ann Arbor area, 
listening on WAM programming, please call 734-822-1600. That's 734-822-1600. If you're calling in West Michigan, listening to us on K-Rock, the number here is 231-425-6044. That's 231-425-6044. You know, all throughout the New Testament, there's a great, a great presence of warnings and admonitions given to those who are teaching something different than what was taught by the apostles and by Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself in John chapter 10 would say, if any man tries to enter in any other way, that man is a thief, is the same as a thief and as a robber. John chapter 10, verse 1. There is only one way. Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 4, there is one church, there is one spirit, there is one hope, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we have thousands, tens of thousands of different faiths, tens of thousands of different churches, tens of thousands of different baptisms, but the Bible says there is only one. Now, I hope you're listening carefully this morning because I'm talking to you. If you don't think I'm talking to you, you're mistaken. Listen carefully. There is only one church. There is only one faith. There is only one baptism. If yours differs from the one in the Bible, yours is not that one. It is a different one, which is why we have all the warnings and the admonitions throughout the New Testament not to teach any other doctrine. In fact, the Apostle Paul would go so far as to say in Galatians chapter 1, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. And he would repeat it a second time. He doesn't want you to miss it. He doesn't want you to, to make this terrible mistake. Though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. There's many popular doctrines going around these days. There's, there's all kinds of baptisms going around these days. There's all kinds of faiths going around these days. All these churches, they're, they're being built, they're going up. People are a part of all these different churches these days. Did you know in the first century there was only one? Did you know that? Did you know that the reason others exist is because they differ from that one? Now, you may say, what are you talking about? Well, how, that doesn't make sense. Follow me for a moment. The reason there are all these different churches, quote unquote, they call themselves a church. They indeed truly scripturally are not. But the reason they exist is because they differ from other churches. Did you get that? The reason the Baptists exist is because they disagreed with the Lutherans. The reason the Lutherans exist is because they disagreed with the Catholics, etc., 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 ad nauseum. The community church exists because it disagrees with all the other churches. The Living Word Church, I don't care, the Prayer and Praise Chapel, I don't care where you go, I don't care what you do. The, the difference between all of those and the one that I'm a part of is I'm the one that is teaching it as the Bible has it, and I'm the one saying there is only one. 
This morning, I challenge you, I'm asking you, when you get to your denomination today, and that's all it is, it's not, and, and technically it's not even that, it's just a man-made religious theology, which is an error. When you get to your so-called church or denomination today, you ask your pastor, pastor, do I have to come to your church in order to be saved? And I'll guarantee you, your pastor will say, no. So then you may ask, then what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you here? Well, we're here because we want to give you an option. An option of what? If you don't, if you don't, if you say I don't have to come to your church to be saved, if you're saying I can go to a different one to be saved, then why should I come here? You see, we know there's only one church. We just read it to you in Ephesians chapter four, verse four. There is one body. The body is the church. There is one church. Jesus said, I will build my church, singular. He gave his blood for his church, singular. It is the body of Christ. What holds it together is the doctrine of Christ. And the reason these different churches exist is because they have different teachings. They have different doctrines. They disagree with others in their theological approach and their scriptural understanding. They say their interpretation differs. Not that yours may be wrong, but theirs is just so different that they have to go out and they have to build a, a million dollar building to divide themselves and separate themselves from everybody else. Does that make any sense? The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 said, I beseech you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul begged, he begged the Corinthians to have, let there be no divisions among them, but to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, the Apostle Paul said that he taught the same thing in every church. People, are you listening? Paul said every church should be teaching the exact same things, that we be joined together perfectly in the same mind and in the same judgment, teaching the same exact things. Now somebody says, well, we're all teaching Christ. No, you're not. No, you are not. If you're not teaching the truth, you're not teaching Christ. No lie is of the truth. No lie is of the truth. And when you're out there telling people that they're saved, when indeed they are not saved, that is the biggest devil's lie on the planet Earth today. You're hurting people. You say you're preaching love. You say you're preaching peace. You say you're preaching, you know, what God wants you to preach. All the while, you're preaching people through the gates of hell. And it is literally tearing down our nation. It's literally tearing down Christianity. It's literally tearing down the truth of God's word. When you go to your denomination this morning, ask your pastor, Do I, if I can go to a different church to be saved, then why am I coming here? Jesus said, no man, no man, nowhere can be saved outside of him. He said, no man cometh unto the Father except by me, John chapter 14. We have to be in Christ, and there's only one way into Christ. And Jesus said, he that tries to enter in any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. These people are teaching you things like you are saved by faith alone. Is that true? Well, the uh, James in, in James chapter 2 says, faith without works is dead being alone. The only time in, 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 the, in the Bible... In the passages of Scripture, 
that the phrase faith alone is used. It says not by faith alone. But yet we have these pastors out there today screaming it from the rooftops. Faith alone, faith alone, faith alone, faith alone. Did you know if a lie is repeated often enough, it's often accepted as the truth? Friends, I'm here to tell you, you have been sold the Golden Gate Bridge in the deserts of Arizona. You've bought in to these devil's lies. You've bought into all you have to do is say the sinner's prayer. That is not in the Bible for the alien sinner. Those who are outside of Christ are never told to pray to get salvation, to get into Christ. Never. In fact, the Bible said, God heareth not sinner's prayers. Put that one in your back pocket and take it wherever you want to take it. God heareth not sinner's prayers. That's in John chapter 9. If you care to look that up, you can look that up. But your pastors will tell you, say the sinner's prayer. Well, we got a problem somewhere, pastor. Your pastors will tell you you're saved by faith alone. Well, we got a problem somewhere, pastor. Well, your, your pastors will tell you is all you have to do is believe. Well, there's a problem somewhere, pastor. The Bible teaches, Jesus taught, the apostles taught, what John the Baptist even taught, that you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit, that you must first believe. He that believeth not shall be damned, Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus taught that you must repent. In Luke chapter 13, verse 3, Jesus said, Nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Jesus taught that you must confess him before man. He said, if you don't confess me before man, I will in no wise confess you before my father. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. And Jesus taught, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. You must be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16, John chapter 3, verse 5. Friends, it is all throughout the New Testament on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the apostles, they were all gathered together in one place in Jerusalem. And the Holy Ghost taught Peter, gave Peter the instructions of what to say. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, right? Peter stood up, he taught them about Christ. They believed in Christ. They accepted Christ in their hearts. The Bible says, in fact, that they were pricked in their hearts in the belief of Jesus Christ, Acts chapter 2, verse 37. And they cried out, and they said, and they asked the apostles, what shall we do? Peter did not say, you've already accepted him. Don't worry, there's nothing to do. Peter did not say, don't worry about a thing, it's okay. Jesus has done it all for you. Peter told those who believed, who accepted Jesus in the heart. He said this, and I quote, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Two verses later, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Those who were being baptized were those who were being added to the church, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 2, 47. Who is being added to the church? Those who are being saved. What did they have to do? They had to believe, repent, and be baptized in order to be saved. They that gladly received his word were baptized, and there were added unto them 3,000 souls that one day. Your pastors are telling you something different. Your pastors are telling you something totally different. If you think church is not important, you better think twice. I just mentioned Acts chapter 2, verse 47. And I want to mention it again 
and I want to clarify a few things about it. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That phrase, such as should be saved, means everyone who is being saved, every single one, the Lord adds them to his church. Did you know some people say, keep the church, but give me Christ? God says, whoever is saved is put in the church. Now, people, hang on. How can you be saved and not in the church if God says everybody who is saved, he puts them in the church? How can you do that? And by the way, for my Baptist friends and for the denominations out there that teach that somehow you have to be voted into the church or you have to give a testimony of your faith before you can join their church, that is false doctrine. That is nowhere to be found in the scripture. The Bible says for those who have repented and believed and been baptized, God adds them to the church. It's not something you're voted into. It's not some kind of a testimonial thing. It is something God does automatically to all who are saved. Well, what is the church? Paul would write in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. He would say to Timothy, If I tarry long, so that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of God, which is the pillar and the ground of the truth. The church of God, the church of our Lord, is the pillar and the ground of the truth. What is truth? Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said that in prayer to God. God's word gives us truth. What is the church? It is the pillar and the ground of the truth. It upholds the truth. It teaches the truth. It believes the truth. It practices the truth. These churches that are running around telling you all you have to believe, that is not the truth. That is a falsehood. That is a lie. They're sending people to hell. They're having people believe they're saved when indeed and when in fact they are not yet saved. And they have them comfortable in their lives. They have them thinking that they have a relationship with God. And it's a false doctrine. That is not the truth. That cannot be the church of Jesus Christ. There's churches out there teaching, well, you've got to be baptized. And then they'll take your little tiny baby and they'll sprinkle them with water. And they'll say there, they've been baptized. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And again, wrong. Philip, the evangelist in Acts chapter 8, he told the Ethiopian eunuch, that you must first believe before you can be baptized. These people, like the Catholics, the Episcopalians, and there's many others, that are taking these innocent little babies who have no sin, who have not sinned, who are sinless, who are not lost. They're sprinkling water on their heads. They're calling it a baptism. And these little babies aren't even being baptized for the reason, the way, the purpose, or anything else the Bible says they should be. In fact, the Bible says they must first believe. How can a baby believe? Please tell me that. How can a baby repent? What does a baby have to repent of? You know, there's a prominent doctrine going around the world today. And it's the doctrine of total depravity. Now, what total depravity means is this. The whole world is totally depraved of righteousness. You're born in a world, in a status, in a state where you are born a sinner. Number one, 
The Bible nowhere ever, 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 ever says that. In fact, the Bible says the exact opposite. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, Ezekiel wrote that the children cannot inherit the sins of their father. Did you get that? You cannot inherit the sins of your father. And then he goes on to say, he clarifies it. He breaks it down for those of us who aren't so smart. And he says, just like we cannot inherit our children's sin, our children cannot inherit our sin. Wow. Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22 and 23, there the Bible says, Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. Every male that openeth the womb, babies being born, are called holy unto the Lord. No wonder Jesus said, except you become as these little children, you can in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus expects adults to become like children. Why? Because children are sinless. Sin is transgression of God's law. That's how it comes. Babies cannot transgress something that they're not under. They're not under the law. They cannot understand it. They do not know it. They cannot transgress against it. And that brings us right back to 2 John, verse 9, where John wrote, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. If you're not abiding in the doctrine of Christ, you do not have God. What is the doctrine of Christ? <laughs> it's many things. You, no one can just take one thing and say, this is it. It's belief alone. It's love alone. It's this alone. In fact, the Bible mentions over 20 different things that saves us. Have you ever considered that? Have you ever thought about that? Yes, the Bible mentions over 20 different things that saves us. Somebody's rolling their eyes right now. Somebody's driving in their car, rolling their eyes, saying, I can't believe this idiot on the radio. But let me prove it to you. The Bible says that God saves us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit saves us. The Bible says that Jesus Christ saves us. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus saves us. The Bible says that the word saves us. The Bible says that repentance saves us. The Bible says that belief saves us. The Bible says that baptism doth also now save us. 1 Peter 3, 21, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's over 20 different things I have found in Scripture where the Bible says that saves us. Now, listen to me carefully, people. Which one are you going to pick? Is that what this is? Are you going to spin a roulette wheel? Are you going to flip a coin? Are you going to draw straws? Which one of those do you want to pick to be saved by? Or is it the case that they must all be respected. Is that the case? You see, the religions of the denominational world, they pick up on these little passages that say, for by faith are you saved, right? Okay, I'm saved by faith. They, then they insert in their minds the word faith only. And they say, that's what I want. For by faith am I saved. Then they'll go on and say, through grace, right? Oh, but it's faith alone, but it's through grace. Wait a minute, I thought it's faith alone. No, no, no. And they say this, I like that so much, that is so real to me in my heart, that that's really all that matters. And I like the preachers that preach that, and I like the teachers that teach that, and I like the churches that has that as their mode of salvation, and that's where I want to be. And they say, that's all I want, 
That's all I need. That's all I, that's all I am. And so they have a faith only doctrine. So they've cut out the blood of Christ. Does the blood of Christ save you? They've cut out the Holy Ghost. Does the Holy Ghost save you? They've cut out the church. Does the church, Bible says the church of Christ, uh, saves us. The Bible says baptism says they've cut all of those things out of their religion. But listen to me carefully. John in Revelation chapter 22 said, don't you cut one word out of it. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say, don't you add one word to it and don't you cut one word out of it? He most certainly did. He most certainly did. Read it in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. If anybody adds unto this one word, so shall the place of this book be added unto him. And he that taketh away from the words of the prophecy of this book, his name shall be taken out of the Lamb's book of life. Good morning, caller. You're on live with Steve. Uh, please speak morning, loudly. Steve. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Tim? Okay. Hey, uh, a lot of things. That, well, you mentioned it. I know you're sure a lot of people pass right over it is uh, there's only one thing in the Bible that you must do to be baptism. There's only other things to face this and that. It, it doesn't say that also must also save us. Yes, absolutely. It amazes me how people just accept what they want to accept and they reject what they want to reject and then they turn right around and tell us how much they love it all. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's past amazing. That ain't the word I'd use. But well, I'm being nice today, Tim. I'm trying to be very nice and polite today, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, friends, 231-425-6044 if you're in West Michigan. If you're in Ann Arbor listening to us on WHAM in the Ann Arbor listening audience area, it's 734-822-1600. Go tell your pastors there's a guy on the radio that's telling you that he is wrong. Tell your pastors I invite him on the radio. Tell your pet or her or whatever it may be. You know, the Lutherans and, and others now are allowing homosexuals to be preachers and teachers and pastors in the church. And the Bible still says in, in Romans chapter 1, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in Galatians chapter 5, that homosexuality is an abomination to God. It is a sin. And then we have these people like the Lutheran churches, at least the, one of the synod divisions of them, are allowing openly openly homosexual sodomite practicing individuals into the clergy and they're not alone many others are doing that as well well after all based in all we got to do is love yeah love demands discipline love demands truth in first john chapter 3 the bible says that love is truth truth is love jesus said if you love me keep my commandments well what is keeping my commandments you cannot be a homo that's one of, that's one of them how about that for you? Well, these people are going to do it anyway. They're going to cut those passages out of their Bible, just like they cut the other passages out of their Bible. They're only going to want to believe what they want to believe. They're going to only accept what they want to accept. You know, let me tell you a true story. And I may have mentioned this before. If I have, forgive me. You'll hear it again. But years ago, there was an old mountain preacher down in the hills of Kentucky and West Virginia, and he had a radio program. 
And this old preacher would come on every Sunday on the radio program, and he would preach that people must hear the word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. That people must believe in Jesus Christ. He that believeth not shall be damned, Mark 16, 16. He would teach people that they had to repent of their sins. Nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He taught people they had to confess Christ. Because Jesus said, if you don't confess me, I will not confess you before my Father. Matthew 10, 32. And he taught people, you must be baptized. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And after the radio program ended, he got a call from an old lady. And this old lady said, Preacher, I heard your message today, and you're in great error. And the preacher said, No, ma'am, I disagree. Can I come out to your house, and we'll have a Bible study on it? Well, what do you think I'm in error about? And the old lady said, The Bible nowhere says that baptism is essential to salvation. You don't have to be baptized to be saved. And the preacher said, Oh, yes, ma'am, it does say that. And she said, Preacher, my Bible does not say that. And he said, Well, can I come to your house? And we'll have a Bible study, and I'll show you in your Bible that it's there and that it does say that. And she said, come on ahead, preacher. So he went out to her house. He sat down at her kitchen table. He opened up her Bible to Mark chapter 16, verse 16, where Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And when he opened to that page, it was not there. To his amazement, she had taken her scissors and she physically cut that verse out of her Bible. And he thought, well, I'll get her. I'll turn to where Jesus said that in Matthew 28. So he turned to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 19, where Jesus said, you go teach them and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. And it was not there. She had taken her scissors, and she cut that passage out of her Bible. He opened it to Acts 2.38. He opened it to Acts 8. He opened it to 1 Peter 3.21, Romans chapter 6. He opened it to Galatians 3. He Every passage, Colossians 2, he's, he's, all, he's everywhere. The word baptism was mentioned in the Bible. She had taken her scissors and physically cut it out, and she smiled. And she said, I told you, preacher, you were wrong. It's not in my Bible. Now, friends, what are you going to do with somebody like that? Did you know that's exactly what your pastors are doing? Now, they may not be taking their scissors physically and doing that, but every time they deny it, they're doing that in reality. Every time they deny it, every time they twist it, every time they change it, every time they convert it to something that it should not be converted to, it's the exact same thing as taking their scissors and cutting it out. And it will not work. It will not work. The greatest admonition in my mind of all the scripture is don't you add one word to it. Don't you take one word from it. If the Bible said there's a thousand things that we must have in our lives to save us, then did you know what? I want and I need and I must have all thousand of those things. Did you know the Bible says that we're to save ourselves? It sure does. In Acts chapter 2, verse 40, Peter said, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They had to respond. They had to do something. They, they, it's not faith alone. It's not grace alone. It's not Jesus alone. We must interact with our Lord. Faithfulness 
always, always, always involves three things. God speaks. That's how we get faith. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Man hears. We hear the word of God through his word. And man obeys. Obeying from thine heart that form of doctrine. Being then made free from sin, we become the servants of righteousness. Doing what? Obeying from our heart. What? That form of doctrine. Oh, there's that little dirty word that people don't want again. Doctrine. Doctrine. Oh, there's no doctrine of Christ. We're under love. No, you must obey the doctrine. Being then made free from sin, we become the servants of righteousness. What was the doctrine that Paul was teaching there? He said, know you not that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And as we rose from the watery grave of that baptism, just like Jesus rose from the dead, then, then that's how and when we walk in newness of life, there's where an individual is born again. And then he said, obeying from our hearts that form of doctrine, that's when we became free from sin and the servants of righteousness. Get your Bibles out and start reading them. That's Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 18. Get your Bibles out and start reading your Bibles. You tell your pastors to go take a hike down the road. Tell them to go jump in Lake Erie if you're over there in East Michigan. And if you're in West Michigan, tell them to go jump in Lake Michigan. You're not going to accept their false teaching any longer. You're not going to believe their, their whole sermon where it says, all we have to do is love. Listen, behold the goodness and the severity of our Lord God. Our God can be severe for the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Oh, friends, those people who say God is love and God's merciful and God's forgiving. Oh, yes, he is, but not the way that they make it out to be. God will not accept sin. Sin separates you from God. God will reward every man according to his works. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. You cannot, you cannot. You cannot be in sin, stay in sin, preach a false doctrine, and be saved by that false doctrine. Nobody, nowhere can preach a lie, and people believe a lie, and people obey a lie, and be made free from a lie. Jesus said the truth is what makes us free. If you're my disciples, then you're going to continue in the truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, he said. Yet people today everywhere are running around telling lies. They're telling falsehoods. They're telling people they're saved when they're not. They're telling them baptism has nothing to do with it. They're telling them that you got to be baptized when you're a baby. They're telling them that it's by grace alone through faith alone. They're telling them there is no doctrine of Christ. They're telling them that the church doesn't matter. They're telling them that you can have salvation all by your, uh, just with, by God leading you uh, by some tickle in your heart. They'll tell you anything. Huh. And you'll believe it. Somebody says, ah, Bayesden, I don't know about that. Well, COVID. Going to kill the masses. Oh, two-thirds of the world's population going to die. Better wear a mask. Yep. Social distance. Yep. Close the churches. Yep. Oh, if you work at a bakery, a restaurant, if you work at a theater, you're not essential. Yep. You can't work. Yep. 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 Better get vaccinated. Yep. Then you turn around telling me that people aren't that gullible. Are you serious? 
Really? In a pig's eye. People will believe anything they're told. Somebody comes on preaching the truth, he's an idiot. Tell them a lie? Oh, they'll suck it up with a fork and a spoon so fast that it'll make your head spin. Tell them the truth? Oh, no, can't be that way. Our God's a loving. Basin, if what you're saying is true, that means most people are lost. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what Jesus said. Didn't Jesus say it in Matthew 7? Wide and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go there and at, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Didn't Jesus Christ say, many shall come to me in that day, many, and say, Lord, Lord, have we not done all these things? And Jesus will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Many are lost. Yes, you better believe it. Good morning, caller. You're on live with Steve. Speak, uh, please speak Hi, loudly. Steve, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Take us to the scripture that says that in the water grave of baptism, after we've obeyed, that that's where the operation of God takes place. That's where the circumcision of the heart takes place. Sure, that's Colossians. That's where our sins are removed. Very good. That's the operation of God. Very good. That's Colossians chapter 2. I'll take us there in just a moment. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that call. Friends, it's in Colossians 2. It's in Romans 2. It's all over the Bible that we have to do what God says do. And if we don't, we're condemned and we can't do it our way. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ is not McDonald's. The church of Jesus Christ is not Burger King. It's not have it your way. It's not biggie size me. Hold the pickles. Hold the lettuce. Give me extra mayonnaise. It is not that. God said, I will be sanctified by them that come near unto me. <laughs> yeah, Leviticus chapter 11, you better believe it. I will be sanctified. I will be set apart as holy. You just can't approach me any way you want. You can't have it your way. Oh, no. God, our God, is a fearful God. He's greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, the psalmist would write. And now Jim called. Jim is a man I met years ago when I did television in Muskegon, Michigan. And Jim used to be a Baptist. And Jim understood and learned the truth. I was very instrumental in helping him see these things. I'm glad I've had a part in Jim's life. And now he's on the truth. So he calls this morning after about 10 years of knowing Jim, and he wants me to mention Colossians chapter 2. Let me read that to you, verse 11. In whom also you, you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Did you get it, people? People say, Oh, I have such great faith. I, my faith is so strong. I'm faithful. Really? Do you have enough faith to let God operate on you? Where does God operate on you at? In the watery grave of baptism. Being buried with him in baptism. 
buried with him in baptism, not a sprinkling, not a pouring, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Raised him from the dead, how? Removing your sins. The wages of sin is death. You sin, you die. Not physically, spiritually. So you enter into the watery grave of baptism. We can know them by their fruits. We can see it. You have to be buried with them. You have to be faithful. That's where God operates on you at. Now listen to me, folks. Listen to me carefully. Water by itself, of itself, does not save us. But if God says we have to have water to live, then please give me the water. If God told me, Steve, I'll save you, but you must come to Chicago. I'm going to Chicago. Now, does that mean Chicago itself saved me? Absolutely not. That means that's where God promised he would save me at. That is what God said. Not about Chicago, but about baptism, about water baptism. See, here is much water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And the eunuch said, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is my Savior, the Son of God, risen from the dead. And upon that confession, they both went down into the water, and Philip baptized him, and he come up out of the water rejoicing. Notice he rejoiced after his baptism. He could not rejoice before. Before he was concerned. Before he was worried. Before he was baptized, he was still asking questions. He, 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 he's, he's worried about his soul. Oh, here's water. What would stop me from being baptized? Oh, you must first believe. Believe what? Believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. He that believeth not shall be damned. Oh, my friends. Will you believe it? Or will you, not? will you believe that Christ died for one church? How do you recognize the one church? It's the one that's teaching the doctrine of Christ. It's the one that says there is one church and no other. Anyone that tries to enter in any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Now we command you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you withdraw from every brother that walketh disorderly and not according to the truth. Second Thessalonians chapter three. What do we do? We withdraw from those people who are being dishonest. Ephesians chapter five, verse 11 says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So I'm on the radio this morning. I'm reproving your denominational doctrines. I'm reproving your pastors. I'm reproving you. You're going and you're supporting them with your money, with your time, with your effort, you're taking your family to listen to this claptrap garbage gospel that they've got, perpetrating it throughout the world, telling you that they're a church when indeed they're not. They have these man-made institutions. They wear different names. They teach different doctrines. They have different faiths. They have different baptisms. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Second Timothy chapter 4. Verses 1 through 3. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who is about to judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables 
but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Folks, that is what I am trying to do. I'm making full proof of my ministry. The Apostle Paul, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, said, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Your pastors can't prove what they're teaching you. They're turning you to some obscure passage. They'll read you some verse taken out of its context, being misapplied. And they'll say, see, here it is. I told you it was here. Oh, yeah? Hand them a pair of scissors and ask them how much more of the Bible are they going to cut out. You can't turn to one passage and say, see, here it is. We need every word of truth. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which, word which proceeded from the mouth of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. We must have every word. In Isaiah chapter 28, Isaiah would write, it must be line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. You just can't take one passage and say, here it is, I told you so. Your pastors are doing that to you. They're pulling the wool over your eyes. They're a part of the many. They're, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. And Jesus said you can know them by their fruits. Ah, that makes us fruit inspectors, doesn't it? Are you a fruit inspector this morning? Or are you walking around blindly? Are you a part of the blind that's following the blind? Are your leaders blind? I say they are. Steve Bazden says they are. And they can contact me anytime they wish. They can contact me. My cell number is 231-425-6044 if you're listening in West Michigan. And I would like for you to call. If you're listening to us on WHAM, please call 734-822-1600. You can get in touch with me. They'll put you right through to me. They'll, they'll put us into contact with each other. Let's talk. What's wrong with that? Come, let us reason together, Isaiah would say in Isaiah chapter 1. I know... Many people disagree with me. There's a lot of people right now screaming at the radios. My pastor's a good man. I don't know what I would do without my pastor. Yeah, he's got you buffaloed. I know what you'd do without him. You'd be better off. You tell him, Bazden's, Bazden, Bazden is here. And I'm not going to let him get away with it. Because I've got the Bible. I can prove all things and hold fast that which is good. In fact, that's exactly how we are to prove them. In Titus chapter 1, Paul wrote to Titus and said, We prove all things by sound doctrine. By what? Sound doctrine. What is the doctrine? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can read about that in Matthew chapter 7. You can read about that in 2 Timothy chapter 3. In fact, let me give you that one right now. You want to know what the doctrine of Jesus Christ is? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. What is profitable for doctrine? All scripture. You want the doctrine of Jesus Christ? You better start looking at all scripture. You better start looking at all scripture. Don't think it's something that you feel. Don't think it's something that your pastor knows above everybody else. Don't think that it's some kind of a mystery. Listen, the Apostle Paul said that the mystery of God had been revealed unto him and that when he wrote those things down, he said, when you read it, you can understand the mystery of God. Ephesians chapter 3, listen to me. I'm going to read it to you. Listen to what Paul said. He said, 
by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote a foreign few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul said, God gave me the mystery. I can understand it. I wrote it down. When you read it, you can understand it. Don't think that the Bible's a mystery. Don't think it's some mystical type of magical type of book that only certain people can really grasp and really understand. That is another devil's lie. That is another lie from Satan himself. Folks, the truth is, if you would study, if you would apply yourselves, you could learn and you could understand and you could be a true follower of Jesus Christ. One of the most profound time periods of my life happened about 24 years ago, thereabout. My wife and I decided to start going to church. We'd been married for 10 years and I had no interest in church. I was a partier. I didn't want to go there. I wanted to sleep in Sunday mornings. Maybe I'd go fishing or something. I'm not going to church. I want to step late and drink beer Saturday night. Are you kidding? Well, something happened in my life that I had an awakening, an epiphany, so to speak. I had something happen where I realized that I was raising my children wrong and that I was living a life that I shouldn't be living and I needed to change. So I started going to church. And the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And as I heard the preacher preach, and as I started reading the word of God, my faith started growing and building and I started understanding things better, godly things, scriptural things. You know, without doing that, I would have never started understanding. I had to actually apply myself. I had to actually do something. In fact, Jesus said that belief is a work within itself. If you want to believe, you got to work at it. You got to know what you're believing. You got to know why you're believing it. You, you got to know where it came from, what's the results of it. All those things are important. You, It takes time and study and effort to believe in something, really believe. Jesus said it, it is a work. In John chapter 7, John, John 6, excuse me, John 6. But during this time, my wife and I would stay up late and we would talk. My wife said, Steve... I just can't understand the Bible. She had been going to church with me for a few months. And I said, I'll tell you what, Rhonda, let's do this, honey. Let's give it a year. Let's really try for one year. Let's study it. Let's learn it. Let's really commit to really putting forth the effort to see how things are going. And in one year, let's take a look back and see if we can if we've had, if we progressed or if we digressed or let, let's just see what happens. It didn't take a year, friends. After about three months, my wife said, I cannot believe how much more I understand now than I did just three months ago. It didn't even take a year for her to start understanding things and for me to start understanding things at a different level, a different way with, with a sense of a surety, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of absoluteness, with objective truth coming from God's word, we were learning and we were understanding it and we were getting it. And that in our lives has not stopped. We've continued to learn. We've continued to grow. We've continued to study. And until this day, I continue to learn, to study, to grow. 
In fact, that's one of the greatest admonitions of Christianity. Did you know Christianity is a taught religion? You must learn it. Jesus told his disciples, go teach all nations and baptize them. They're to be taught before they're baptized. It gets in your heart before you're born again. That's the idea. That's what's going on there. And whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. And isn't it a shame? Isn't it a shame that it is, in fact, the vast majority that's doing that very thing? And it's no surprise to God. Jesus said many would be going the wide and the broad way, and few there would be that would find it going the straight and narrow way. The Apostle Paul would write, many are called, but few are chosen. In fact, God told Moses, thou shalt not follow the multitude to do evil. The multitude of people, the peer pressure, the way the world wants it, is the wrong way. In Romans chapter 3, verse 4, the Apostle Paul would write, let God be true, but every man a liar. Let God be true, and every man a liar. A liar. Every man that disagrees with God, every man that says something opposite, something different, every man that's taking passages out of the Bible, every man that's misquoting, misapplying, twisting, every one, every one of them need not be listened to or hear, adhered to or believed. We are to believe God above all of them. <clears throat> now, I don't know about you. But I've given you enough information this morning that at the very least, now if you're driving in a car, you listen to me. If you're in the garage, if you're if you're out by the poolside, wherever you're at, if your family is around, family, listen, look at your dad. And ask him, Dad, do you want the truth? And if not, what's stopping you? Dad, what this guy is saying is making sense. Put your dad on the spot. Challenge him. You challenge him. Dad, you say we're, we're, we go to this religion, but you know what? This what this guy is something different than what Pastor Charlie Brown is saying. Mm, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Years ago, huh? years ago, I met a man. He come to have a Bible study with me, and he came to our church building, and he brought his wife and he brought his son, and we had a, a couple of hour Bible study, and he was going to show me that I was mistaken in how I viewed baptism. And after a couple of hours of study, he was getting frustrated and frustrated, was about ready to go, and his son looked at him, and he said, Dad, you always said if somebody could show you where you were wrong, that you would change and you would get right. And then his wife said, yes, you have always said that. And this man is showing you, and you know he's right, and you know he showed you, and you're just being stubborn. You know what that man did? He sat back and he said, that's right, isn't it? I did say that, didn't I? And I took him out, his 20-year-old son and his wife, when we went to Lake Michigan, and I baptized those people into Jesus Christ. Before that, they were outside of Christ. Baptism puts you into Christ. For as many of us as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Are you clothed with Christ? The only way to get clothed with Christ is through baptism. Belief will not clothe you with him. Belief alone will not do it. 
Repentance alone will not do it. Confession will not do it. Not those things. You must be born again, Jesus said, of the water and of the spirit. When I taught this man and his family these things, yes, he was honest that day, wasn't he? Yes. So children, kids, wives, how about this one? You men that let your wives lead you around, ask your wife, honey, why are we going to your church when your church church is teaching us by faith alone? When your church can't even be found in the Bible. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 13 that whatsoever is not a faith is sin. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. In other words, if faith comes by the word of God, the Lutheran church is not in the Bible. Therefore, it is sin. Pretty simple. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. The community church is not in the Bible. The community did not die for you people. It's sin. The Baptist church. There's no Baptist church in the Bible. It's ridiculous. The churches of Christ is in the Bible. You better believe it. The apostle Paul said, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are you doing right now? It's about five minutes to 10. What are you doing right now? Most of you who are driving in your cars and you're listening to this program, you're going to your denominations. You're going to your false religions right now. That's what you're doing. You're pulling into the parking lot. I want you to look at the sign. Look at the sign right now. What's it say? Prayer and Praise Chapel, Living Word, Something Community Church, John the Baptist Church. Sin, 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 sin. Whatsoever is not a faith of sin. And why, why, why are they wearing those names? Because every one of them teach something different than every other church. The Baptists don't teach what the Lutherans teach. The Lutherans don't teach what the community church teaches. They don't teach what the Episcopalians teach. They're all different. Yet the Bible says, the Bible says there's only one that God will accept. And you can learn it and you can know it. Don't be, do not be kept in darkness any longer. Please stop following these false teachers. Stop going to these places that are teaching you wrong. Friends, if you want to have a Bible study, all you have to do is call me. All you have to do is call me. I'd be more than happy. Here's what I'll do. I'll bring my Bible. I'll bring the donuts. I'll meet you somewhere. I'll buy the coffee. How's that? We can have a nice conversation. We'll open our Bibles. And here's my promise to you. Here's my pledge. I won't tell you what I think. I won't tell you what I feel. I won't tell you my opinion. I will open up my Bible. I'll point to it and you can read it straight out of God's word, book, chapter, and verse for yourself. Will that be good enough? Uh, another quick story. I, I got I got to share this with you. I'm driving down the street one day and there's these door knockers going from door to door on both sides of the street. So I pull up alongside the curb and I said, I would like to have a Bible study with you. And they said, wonderful, that's great. And they introduced themselves. And I introduced myself. My name is Steve Basin. Oh, we can't have a Bible study with you. My jaw dropped. I couldn't believe. What do you mean you can't have a Bible study with me? We heard of you. We, we, we heard that all you're going to do is make fun of our church. I said, well, where do you go to church at? And they told me the Baptist church. The, the, Don Jabavi over there. I forgot the name of it. Cornerstone Baptist. As, uh, I, I forget. Lighthouse. Lighthouse. I think it's Lighthouse. I, I don't know. One of them. We heard, we can't have a Bible study. The preacher said, you would say this, you would say, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. 
If you'll sit down and you'll have a Bible study with me, I won't say one word. I won't speak. I'll just simply open up the Bible and I'll let you read it right out of the Bible. And I won't say a word. Can we have that Bible study? They said, no, we can't. Pastor said, no. How sad. Friends, there's a reason I'm on the radio. And the reason is you need to know the truth. The truth should set you free. Call me. My number is 231-425-6044. That's 231-425-6044. I hope to hear from you this day.